Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty. Live in the Morton studio, today we're going to be talking a little about the Ag PhD Field Day. It's coming up in just a couple of weeks. It's Thursday, July 27th. We'd love to have you join us on our farm. It's always the last Thursday in July, so you can mark that on your calendar for the next several years even. Uh, to begin the show today, we are joined by our Ag PhD research lead. It's Glenn Hurst. Glenn's been with us for many years now, and he is the person who's in charge of the Ag PhD field day, the field day site, putting in the plots. Uh, and then he also does a lot of research with us in several states around here. So anyway, uh, Glenn, tell us just a little bit about the field day, anything new and different that you've been working on this year. There's always something new, right? Um, I would say probably the biggest thing is probably just the different crops that we've got again. Um, new things we're trying to, you know, some right, chemistry so, type things. Wait, specifically, yeah. what 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 new crops? New crops. Um, we've done a lot more with potatoes this year. Our potatoes look really good, which is different for us. We we've always had a, a little crop, but um, this one looks really good. Um, mint is something yep. that's new. Uh, we've had peanuts in the past, but I think our peanuts probably look as nice as they have, and it's not, not normally a crop that we usually have here. Yeah, um, Lentils and chickpeas are probably where we're, we're doing a little bit more, uh, where we're a few more uh, companies that are, are showcasing that too. Yeah, it's one of the things here on the show. We do talk about corn, soybeans, and wheat primarily because mm-hmm. those are the three big acreage crops in the United States, but... There are a lot of other crops out there, and so what What do you think you have, 15 different crops? Probably 15, yeah. if I yep. really think about yep. all of them together. Yep. yep. So, yeah, a lot of lot of different options there. Okay, so uh, that's the crop side. What else were you going to say? What else was new and different? Well, I think, I mean, our memorial garden, we're changing around a little bit again. We're mm-hmm. always trying to make that thing look a little unique. Um, I think our, our flowers that we're going to have just for those, you know, just for some color out there, you know, right outside the Morton Center. I think that'll look really good. Um, as far as just some unique things, I like some of the equipment things that we're doing. There's a few equipment vendors that actually have plots this year. So um, we're looking at some things with some crop specs things where we're putting some different nitrogen rates on some corn, and then we want to be able to see if that can pick that up. Yeah. Um, and then the the rain machine. Um yeah, 360 through. rain. 360 yep. rain machine is coming. We've got um, we've got two root pits this year, um, so those things are always interesting. Um, so we've got one where we're going to be trying to look at some, you know, in-furrow insecticide and then just straight up a compaction plot um, to see what that thing looks like as well. So Yeah, you mentioned equipment. And so for any of our listeners, if you have not been to the Ag PhD Field Day in the last few years, we'd love to have you join us in part because you are going to see more equipment than you've ever seen at our Ag PhD Field Day. We've got everybody from John Deere, Case IH, Klaus, Agco, uh, Fent, uh, 360 Yield Center, Demco, I mean, ETS, a lot of different equipment companies who will be here with some brand new equipment too. Uh, I know there are going to be some product launches and things like that, so it's pretty exciting. When you think about all the farm shows that you can go to, a lot of them happen in August and September. Well, ours is about the only one I know of that's in July, and it's a one-day event. It takes, I'll I'll just say this, it takes tremendous energy from people like Glenn (laughs) to make 
this show fantastic. And it's really hard when you start making it multiple days. So it is just a one-day event, always the last Thursday in July. Again, that's July 27th this year. Okay, so one other thing, Glenn, we have had extremely dry conditions, some of the driest conditions we've ever right. had. I was talking to one of my neighbors just the other day, and he said since this spring, after the snow melted, he'd had a grand total of a half inch of rain. That's it. Right. So we did put some irrigation in this year, put some in kind of late, but still, yep. uh, we did a little bit more watering in some of the areas this year. But do you see... Uh, are, are you seeing a lot of differences because it's been so dry in some of the plots? Are there some new learnings, basically? It's yeah, put that way. yeah. There's a there's a little bit of that. Just you know, because um, as much as we tried to water an individual plot, there's a little bit of wave where we maybe hit one didn't hit quite the corner. Um, as you'd well know here, every time we want to water, it seems like the wind is blowing. So when yep. you have a stationary system like that it didn't work quite as well. So there's a little bit of wave to some of the plots, but they look overall very good. And now that we, uh, we put a little bit of irrigation in late and have had some of the, I mean, rain is part of that. Uh, we're going to use on some of the grounds to make it actually, um, to show that irrigation system. I think it'll look really good. Yeah. To give you an idea for any of our listeners, we are about roughly, I'm going to call it eight inches behind normal for precip. Yep. So in a half a year, uh, normally we get about 24 total inches of precip. So in a half year, we should have 12. So if you're eight inches behind, <laughs> that means we don't have a whole lot here. And that's counting some of these late rains that have come in. So yeah. anyway, normally we do not do hardly any irrigation at all at no. the Ag PhD field day site. We want to represent the fact that, hey, we farm dry land and most people in the United States and Canada do farm dry land. But uh, it is kind of helpful to get some grass started in between these yeah. plots and, and uh, just to activate a few pre's. Because many times we put things on late at the field day site as opposed to like on our farm, we'll go real early. But we try to time things out so things uh, look – they're at a certain stage for the field day site. So talk to us just a little bit, bit about that, trying to get things timed out because it's a lot of work. Right. Well, that that's what's really been the struggle with us being as dry as we've been and then with the heat and everything. We've done some where they weren't – you know, some of the companies or we want to do some herbicide. We're actually going to – we're trying some different modes of action on some different crops to get those up and growing when it's so warm and then bare ground, um, that's been difficult. It just seems like it wants to bake it. So those are struggling a little bit, but they're all up now. We've gotten a little cooler. I think we're it's looking a lot better. Yeah. Again, we've been talking with Glenn Hurries. He is our Ag PhD field day lead, our Ag PhD research lead. And he mentioned companies a couple times. What we try to do is visit with all the different ag companies out there and try to find out what's good, what's new, what's different, what they're trying to work on. And then we want to test it in our own research. So Glenn does just a tremendous amount of work. Thanks a lot for what you do, Glenn. Looking forward to the field day in a couple of weeks. Stay tuned. We'll talk a little more about the Ag PhD field day right after this. When it comes to protecting your field from disease and environmental stress, there's Revitec fungicide. (laughs) And there's everything else. When it comes to unparalleled power, there's Revitec and everything else. And when it comes to speed and stamina, this is Revitec. And this is everything else. Nothing else comes close to Revitec fungicide from BASF. Always read and follow label directions. What does it really mean to provide the best crop nutrition? With AgroLiquid, you're getting a one-of-a-kind approach. 
one that caters to your specific agronomic needs. You're getting a crop nutrition plan that maximizes your fertilizer applications from every drop, all while accounting for your management practices and the products you're already using. But it's not just a product. It's peace of mind, knowing we've thought of everything. That's the AgroLiquid way. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. There's an innovative new soybean herbicide on the market that's helping close the door on weed resistance and open new doors to productivity. Preview 2.1 SC Herbicide from UPL is a multi-mode of action pre-emergent that controls the most resistant broadleaf weeds at the beginning of the season and continues to control later weeds with strong residual activity. Ask your retailer about Preview 2.1 Herbicide from UPL and always read and follow label directions. Corn rootworms are called the billion-dollar bug for a reason. If you don't control the adult populations now, their offspring will cost you later. Steward EC Insecticide from FMC offers a unique mode of action that delivers fast and long-lasting residual control of corn rootworm beetles and other tough insects. Choose Steward EC Insecticide from FMC. Always read and follow label directions and precautions for use. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. And yes, it's just a radio show today, but coming up in less than a couple of weeks, we're we're talking about well, well not less than two I guess, weeks. I guess today's two weeks Wednesday. from tomorrow. Two weeks from tomorrow. <laughs> we're talking about the Ag PhD field day. It's outside. It's really, really fun. If you haven't had a chance to get to our field day before, I couldn't recommend it any stronger. There is so much to see and do, and it's kind of fun because even my kids' friends are like, oh, that was the greatest, even the kids that don't farm. They, they think it's super cool to see all the equipment and see what all the farmers are up to. But for farmers, there there's a reason people drive all the way across the country and fly from other countries here to see all the things going on. So today we're doing a little preview of the Ag PhD Field Day, and our phone lines are open as well. If you want to talk about your experience at Field Day or if you have an agronomic question, Question. It's 844-44-AG-PHD. Got Ryan Hunt with us right now with FMC. Ryan, how you doing? Good. How are you guys today? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. We got a little bit of rain, so that's that's awesome and uh, helps make field day look better too. Yeah, that's always good to hear. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff going on in, in ag right now. FMC certainly has got a lot of new things that have been coming out here over the last few years. What are some of the things with FMC that, that you'll be talking to growers about? Yeah, so, you know, at the field day there, we'll we'll have that the root pit, which always seems to draw a lot of people in, looking at the different root structures and how the inferral products are, whether it's ethos XB and the insecticide side or uh, fungicide side with the Zyway. Um, I think we also will have uh, one of your guys' planters there that has the Thrive system for the foam application in the furrow with either our insecticides or our fungicides in there. So that seems like a lot of people like to come see. And then we're also launching a new fungicide this year called Adastrio. Um, it's a three-way mix for corn, wheat, sorghum right now, um, soybeans in 2024. We're going to have the Adastrio dome out there, which is going to have some neat interactive plant pathology type virtual reality stuff inside it to play with and win some prizes and all sorts of stuff. So that'll kind of really be the, the key highlights of the, of the stage this year. 
You know, you mentioned the Thrive 3D system, and I know a lot of folks hear us talk about that, about how we're, we're utilizing that on our farm. I like it because it's a one-time-per-day fill. <laughs> that's it. You can plant all day. <laughs> uh, that's kind of a nice thing. But I think people are really interested to see how that foam works and how it spreads things out in the furrow and just how easy it is to operate. Yeah, it's really cool, neat technology. And, you know, we've had it out for a few years now, and we finally really got it dialed in to be a smooth operation and you can you know there's some growing pains early but it's it's really good it's really starting to take off you can put things in furrow there with that foam you get a good even coverage down the furrow you're not you know drop 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 and then you can still if you want to put in some starter or something in furrow you can still have that on your planter as well or if you're a two by two grower or something that there's still room for that too this thing's nice and light stays out of the way of all that and completely enclosed so you're not really handling the chemical much and like you said you can you can plant all day with it because of how it uh how concentrated that chemical is and then just turns to the foam to spread across the field and furrow you know the other thing that i i think about with field day there are growers that come from all over and they really like it when they can find somebody ryan like you that actually knows something about sunflowers and wheat and some of these different canola some of the different crops out there we will have those at the field day too so i know you're going to get questions are you all ready for those oh yeah definitely i think we even got some sunflowers growing out there if i remember correctly absolutely so, yep <laughs> it's it's pretty neat how uh broad of an audience you get out there yeah, I, I like it. I think it's interesting just to see the different crops. And I know for, for some folks from different parts of the country, it's like, oh, that is so cool that you have this or that growing in, at the field. day. Sugar beets are out there and these kind of things. Uh, but, you know, when you have this discussion about fungicides and some of these different products, it, it is kind of a similar discussion of protecting plants. And, you know, whether it's a tar spot question in corn from Iowa or Illinois or uh, you know, a sclerotinia white mold question from North Dakota and sunflowers. It's fun to, to be able to talk to growers and, and just discuss, hey, we got some things that are different, but a lot of things are, are the same for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the basic agronomics behind all of it is the same everywhere you go. It's just a, a different pest or a different timing. Um, but when you get right down into it, there's a lot of commonalities that you get to discuss. And, you know, even like we get to learn a lot there just visiting with people from over way over east or down south and where you know everywhere they're coming from yeah yeah that is true it, it, we can always learn from each other and you mentioned the root pit it's it's fun for folks you, they hear us talk about root pits but it's fun to just be in one and see okay what can we learn from the root system and how how was it impacted by dry weather this year how deep are those roots going it's it's always fun and one of the people that, that we like to uh, spend a little time with at the field day, Ryan Hunt here with FMC to talk about that. Ryan, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on and look forward to seeing you here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, have a good rest of your day. Thanks for having me. You bet. Got Chris Carlton out with us right now with TopCon. And Chris, uh, technology is often what people are coming to field day to see. What are the new things? How can I make my job more fun and easier and make more money? Uh, it's really cool how fast things are developing in agriculture, and TopCon's certainly one of the companies doing that. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun to be on the front end of that. <laughs> uh, thanks for having us on. Um, you know, we have a lot going on again in the plot this year, so we're, we're excited to be back at field day event for 2023. 
Uh, we're demonstrating the keys on emergence, um, exactly why we're demonstrating that value of why that consistent seed bed is one of those key factors that'll help your emergence. Uh, we're showing some of the tools that are available to assist you in creating that perfect seed bed, like Topcon depth control uh, as an emergent technology there to help make it easy, simple to operate, and make a operator's life a little bit easier in the cab. Um, Hey, Chris, so, uh, while you one, talk about that, yep. we, we saw that play out this year and, you know, it, it, for different reasons. Some some guys because it was too wet, some guys because, well, like us, <laughs> because it was too dry. And, you know, we, we got into this discussion about, well, what if my seed bed's a little fluffy? What if my seed bed's a little firm? Having controls like that for the variability that you're going to find across your field. I mean, there's there's just no question. There's going to be some variability out there. Having a tool like that can make a huge difference. Yes, and I don't know about you, I've spent some time on the road here from north to south in both the the five-state region, and boy, if you've been lucky to get some of these showers that have came through, your crop's doing a lot better, but if you haven't been so lucky, having some of these tools available to get that seed bed a little more consistent across or allow that seed every opportunity to thrive in the conditions that we're dealt with, right? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, that'll be certainly one of the things you're going to get a lot of questions about. And, you know, that's kind of the fun thing with, with all the diverse offerings that you've got. Okay, we can have that discussion, but there's other ones we can talk about too. Yeah, there's a pile. Well, so if you come see us there, you'll see a time lapse of those plots and what those different con conditions will show you. Then we are also going to have something new for us this year is a side-by-side -side that is completely loaded with technologies uh, crop specs for measuring that crop health, nutrient uptake, prescription map ability. Uh, you can actually do on-the-go variable rate application with it. Rate controllers, tap platform for Topcon Egg platform, guidance, steering, and it even has weighing solutions on it. So that's a really neat unit we'll have across in our tent there. And also, uh, this is a first issue, but well, in the plot we're going to be joined by Egg Express Electronics, one of our key Midwest dealer distributors during the field event. And then again on Friday, on the 28th, we're going to have a live streaming event on Acres TV. So I hope uh, make sure you check that out. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun to see, uh, uh, you know, just the, the excitement that day. And you mentioned tools to do variable rate. And for many farmers that, that haven't jumped on board with that technology yet, just how simple some of these controls are to run once you get set up. Uh, love the advancements and, and looking forward to seeing everything going on around TopCon. Chris, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. Yeah, appreciate the time. Thank you, everyone. Have a good one. You know, Brian, the ride and drive area is one spot that, that many of these things get showcased, but then you look at some of the booths that we'll have at Ag PhD Field Day, just the demonstrations that are there to, to be able to show growers, wow, here's an actual field. Here's what we're doing out there. Here's how simple these controls are to run. That is so encouraging. And then, you know, look at the cost of some of these technologies. Now, they're not free, but a lot of them are a lot less expensive than what you would imagine. Yeah, and we've got a great big area for ride and drive, too. So with some of the different equipment technologies, we're actually out in the, in the field right next to the field day. So should be a lot of fun. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Get maximum spray drift control with Pentair Hypro Ultra Low Drift Max Nozzles, the ideal nozzle for dicamba and 240 applications, providing up to 95% drift reduction. Ensure you get the best coverage on hard-to-hit targets. Learn more at pentair.com slash hypro. From machine storage buildings and farm shops to dependable buildings to house your livestock, regardless of building size or use, Morton has a building for every budget. 
To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit mortonbuildings.com. When I step on someone's farm, I feel like I've already walked a mile in their shoes. I spend spring on the tractor and fall on the combine. I see the excitement in my kids' eyes on our farm, but worry if there's enough of it for all of them. I make sure everything Case IH makes meets the challenges farmers face, because I face them too. My name is Ryan, I am a farmer, and I work at Case IH. Case IH, built by farmers. You won't want to miss this year's Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we open up our farm to you so you can learn more ways to improve your farm. And the Ag PhD Field Day just keeps getting bigger and better. This year, we're featuring guided tours of our extensive research plots, world premieres of the latest ag technologies, numerous panels of the highest yielding farmers on the planet, and more equipment running in our demo area than we've ever had before. We'll also have great family entertainment, including a kids area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and food and drinks available all throughout the day. But the best part is everything is free. We know that you're busy and your time is valuable. That's why we do everything we can to make sure the Ag PhD Field Day is a very worthwhile investment of your time. So please go to agphd.com to learn more and be sure to register to join us at this year's Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 27th. Get uniform control in your fields with trusted, hardworking Lucento fungicide. Control the toughest diseases with a dual mode of action fungicide that consistently outperforms the competition and field trials. Lucento fungicide from FMC works overtime for lasting control to help improve crop yields. Talk about getting the job done. Visit your FMC retailer or lucento.ag.fmc.com for hardworking control in your fields. Always read and follow all label directions. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're giving a preview of the Ag PhD Field Day coming up in just a little over two weeks. Really excited to welcome you to our farm. Our event is free. There's no, you don't have to pay for parking. You don't have to pay for food. Everything's free that day. We just want to say thanks for all the support that we received over the years for Ag PhD TV and Ag PhD Radio. And we also want to give you an opportunity to to see a lot of the new technologies in agriculture and compare them. It's kind of fun when you can go and, and see, okay, well, here's uh, here's how one company's doing it. Here's how another one's doing it. And, oh, by the way, I've got a lot of great farmers along the way that are going to be talking about these things, and I can learn from their experiences as well. One product category that we get a lot of questions about is the naturals. And we talk a lot about natural or as some people call them, biological products. Uh, many questions on that. So we're going to have a number of different companies there that are that are in this space, whether that's something to help your crop make a better use of nitrogen or bring some more nitrogen in, or it may be something to help grow your root system. 
Uh, one of the companies that we're going to have there is Sound Ag, and I've got Nick Becker on with us right now to talk a little bit about what they're going to be speaking about. Nick, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. You know, I, I just was talking to a farmer this week who said, well, I was ready to give up on my corn, and then we caught two inches of rain, and now what can I do to help this corn out? I'm going to need more nitrogen. I'm going to need more of this and that. I'm going to need better plant health. And, you know, all these things, it's interesting. When guys get excited about their crop, they, they realize, wow, my crop does have a heavy demand, and giving it a little help might be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a good idea, and we ha we have a product uh, at Sound called Soars, and it's simple to use on many crops, corn, soybeans, uh, wheat, cotton, alfalfa, and hay, and it's really easy to use. So if you're looking for some in-season nutrients, um, it's foliar applied, and it optimizes nutrient uptake by giving crops access to more nutrients throughout the season. You know, that's one where we get a lot of questions, uh, Nick, and, and growers say, okay, uh, we've got some of these different products, but they're really complicated. And, well, I can only do it this way and at this one specific leaf stage or something like that, where when you find products like this that, hey, we got a pretty decent window here where you can apply it. It's not super expensive, and, and there's a lot of things that could happen at the same time. That's really encouraging for guys, especially guys that are just getting started. Yeah, I think the ease of use is really key. And um, especially if you're getting started and you have an opportunity to continue to push a little bit this season, uh, we have been seeing amazing results with increased root mass, thicker stalks, and greener plants. Uh, the visual differences have been incredible so far. That is one of the fun things, too, about the field day being the third or the last thursday in july each year is here we are the crops are right in the middle of the growing season you can actually see these things in the field you can actually dig up some plants i know a lot of the the plots that we have a lot of the booths that we have there there will be live plants there where you can see okay here's what stuff looks like and of course we'll always have pictures and, and farmers from different parts of the country who have been using it as well uh, you know, you think about that, the, those plant health differences, those differences in root size or stock strength, they don't always mean you're going to get 20 more bushels of corn or, or 10 more bushels of soybeans or something like that. But if you told me I could have that thicker stock and bigger root system, I'm taking that 10 out of 10 times, Nick. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you're looking for a healthier plant to, to make sure that your potential is staying intact as long as possible. And um, we're really excited to come out to the show this year, the Egg PhD Field Day. And uh, we've got a great team coming to share information about um, how cost-effective this um, plant uptake of nitrogen, phosphorus, and micronutrients can be by using the source product. I'm looking forward to hearing as well just about different areas of the country, the different weather conditions that we've had. You know, obviously down in Nebraska, it's been pretty dry for a long time. Glad to hear a lot of the guys in Nebraska finally catching some rain. But, you know, to hear, okay, how did we do where we were dry? How did we do in areas that have gotten too much moisture? Those kinds of things are going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting, and the team will be fully prepared to talk to anybody who's, you know, from various parts of the country. We have a lot of um, interesting stories and data flowing in at the moment, and so if you're interested, stop by to uh, visit with the team. We can also enter to win uh, Blackstone Grill and even lock in the best prices for the 2024 season. 
outstanding. We're talking with Nick Becker here with Sound Ag. Lots of things to see at Ag PhD Field Day. Make sure you come early and make sure you stop and see the guys at Sound Ag as well. Nick, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for the time. We've got Eric Schultz with us right now with BASF. And, and you know, Eric, the best place in the country to be this year for the crop, I think, is southern Minnesota. Isn't, don't you guys have about the best corn anywhere? You know, we uh, we have some very good-looking crops. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for pointing out a little highlight of southern Minnesota. <laughs> we've had some, well, some good rain uh, early, and we're hoping we get a little bit more here as we move through July. Yeah, it, it, it's looked good when you look at the drought monitor and you say, man, there's a little blip there in, in southern Minnesota that seems to have caught, in a couple rain, caught a couple of rains that others have missed. But here's the challenge, Eric, and, and I'm sure you're going to hear this at field day. Oh, no, now there's tar spot confirmed down in iowa and there's a lot of south winds and there's a few guys in southern minnesota that have already had some tar spot in their fields in previous years how can we protect our crop i bet tar spot will be a huge topic of discussion yes it uh, it certainly will be it has been the last uh, three four five weeks already and moving it through july now we're seeing maybe about 10 to 25 percent of the fields that are poking tassels out and now it's it's really go time for Valpima fungicide applications. And I think a lot of people are looking at the nighttime temperatures, which are unusually cool, which is a great relief, uh, but it's also giving us, you know, some hours of leaf wetness with dew that is very conducive for disease infection, tar spot included. So I think there's there's a lot of things under the magnifying glass with that, and I'll say there's a lot of Veltima going out, and we're very happy with the protection and performance of that product and looking forward to the rest of the application season of fungicides and honestly hoping the tar spot map does not blow up, you know, too much more versus previous years. It's a devastating disease, or can be. Yeah, I, I sure hope not. And and I know uh, before before I leave this disease topic, sudden death syndrome and soybeans too, starting to hear some guys are, oh man, we've reached those reproductive stages. We're starting to see that. And of course, there are some really good solutions for sudden death syndrome as well. Yes, we are. Uh, our seed treatment offering of Olivo uh, does a fantastic job of protection against the fungal infection that causes SDS symptomology above ground later in the season. So Olivo, plenty of side-by-sides, tons of full fields of Olivo as well, just because it's been on the market. The performance is uh, very well known against SDS and soybean cyst. But there have been a few rainy spots that are flushing that pathogen from the infection of the roots to showcase the SDS symptomology on the above ground tissue in the last couple of weeks. Starting to hear more and more. You're exactly right. You know, there are a few companies in the industry that do as much research as BASF and invest as heavily in that. Lots of new technologies coming. That's a, a great reason to stop and chat with the folks at BASF. What are a couple that you'd you'd want to point out, Eric? Yes, uh, new products, and I will say also exciting products. We're talking big acre products here when we talk about BASF uh, herbicides. Number one, uh, new certain herbicide. This would be a corn residual herbicide. It's a pre-emerge focus product that also offers post-emerge flexibility, two modes of action, uh, tank mix flexibility, 
Uh, very fantastic performance from a residual standpoint against water hemp and the whole list, a uh, host of other weeds that we're battling. The second, you know, highlight at the BASF location at the Egg PhD Field Day would be our new Liberty Innovation coming. Uh, we hope to have some volume next year even with this. Uh, we call it LGA, uh, but with this new Liberty Innovation, we have enhanced uh, efficiency, enhanced efficacy, and also improved crop safety. These are just a, just a few snippets, but those would be the two biggest new products at well, the BASF location and on certainly, Field Day. Certainly broad acre products, too, that we're talking about for the whole country. So stop in at the BASF tent, learn about those new technologies coming out. Eric, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Stay tuned. Are you ready? We got the need, the need for seed treatment. Start your engines. Ready, set, Intego. Start your season strong with Intego Sweet Soybeans, Intego Fungicide Soybeans, and Intego Sweet Cereals OF from Valent USA. Ask your Valent rep about seed treatment solutions or visit valent.com slash Intego. Always read and follow label instructions. When it comes to cereal disease protection, Prosaro Pro 400 SC fungicide from Bayer makes all the difference. With three effective active ingredients for overlapping control of foliar and head diseases and a flexible application window for head scab, it's formulated to lower dawn, protect yield potential, and promote superior grain quality. Prosaro Pro, the future of plant health starts here. Visit prosaropro.com to learn more. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. You won't want to miss this year's Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we open up our farm to you so you can learn more ways to improve your farm. And the Ag PhD Field Day just keeps getting bigger and better. This year, we're featuring guided tours of our extensive research plots, world premieres of the latest ag technologies, numerous panels of the highest yielding farmers on the planet, and more equipment running in our demo area than we've ever had before. We'll also have great family entertainment, including a kids' area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and food and drinks available all throughout the day. But the best part is everything is free. We know that you're busy and your time is valuable. That's why we do everything we can to make sure the Ag PhD Field Day is a very worthwhile investment of your time. So please, go to agphd.com to learn more, and be sure to register to join us at this year's Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 27th. Insects have reigned since the dawn of time. Adapted to their surroundings, experience the harshest climates and toughest challenges until now. With two modes of action, Ridgeback Insecticide delivers one devastating outcome for soybean aphids, extinction from your fields. They may have lived through it all, but they won't survive this. End soybean aphids reign at ridgeback.corteva.us. The hard-working, independent spirit of rural America can often be isolating. It's not often discussed, but mental health issues are real. Now's the time to lead by example, talk openly, and show that a strong mind is just as important as a strong body. FMC is proud to be working toward ending the misconceptions around mental health. Through awareness, guidance, and action, together we can uproot the stigma.
Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here, along with my brother Darren. We're live in the Morton studio, just talking about the Ag PhD field day a little bit. Again, we would encourage you, join us Thursday, July 27th. It's always the last Thursday in July. It's on our farm. We put this on each year just to say thanks to you for listening to us here on Ag PhD Radio. This is our 10th year now. We were one of the first shows that uh, that signed on with Rural Radio and super excited about that. Ten years now. It's pretty amazing. But anyway, with Field Day, uh, it's right on our farm, and it is our actual farm. You will you can be in our farm shop and right in some of our farm buildings, see our farm equipment, and we'll show you a bunch of the different research we're working on. Like we were talking about with Glenn Hers earlier in the show, I mean, it's a tremendous amount of work for Glenn and his team to put all this stuff together. On top of this, though, this is not nearly all the research we do. We do lots of research in many different states. So we'll talk about some of the other things we're doing elsewhere. But predominantly that day, we're going to show you what we've got going on in the field right on our farm. In addition, we have a number of different things that you can participate in that day. We've got a lot of great guest speakers. There are going to be farmers from all around the country and around the globe, and a lot of really good farmers too. So there are a lot of farm shows you go to, and well, I'll just be honest, there are a lot of city people that show up for a free meal or whatever else or looking around. Ours is out in the country on a gravel road on a true farm, and we get almost exclusively farmers there and a lot of super great farmers. It's really fun. That's that's the thing I enjoy the most about the field day is just talking to farmers that have come from all over just to be with us that day. And everybody's trying to learn a little bit more, do a little better on their farms. I'll also say, though, we do have some other entertainment there as well. So we're going to have an air show. Molly B and her polka band will be there. We've got a kids area. There are some uh, other People who are on Acres TV who will be there, other ag personalities will be there. So it's hopefully it's going to be your favorite day of the year when you spend that time with us at the field day. Uh, we we have been working on this for the last year to make sure that this year's event is the best we've ever put on for you. I'm just praying for great weather that day, but we do start at 7 a.m., and we have air-conditioned buildings and tents, and so even if it does get a little hot in the afternoon, hopefully things will be just fine. But again, we start at 7 a.m. We're all done at 4 p.m., and you might say, oh my goodness, Brian, why so early? Well, it's because usually, I'm not going to say that day will be perfect, but usually at 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m. in the morning around here, it's 60, 65 degrees. It's beautiful calm winds usually uh, at that time of day. And so it's super fun being out there fairly early in the morning. But yeah, we have a lot of activities for you that day. It's just a one-day event. Love to have you join us. Just go to agphd.com to learn more. Right now, let's get to the Ag PhD mailbag. It's now mailbag time with Brian and Darren. First question comes from Sandy. Will your field day be televised or made into YouTube videos? I'd like to attend, but due to work and distance, I just can't do it this year. Thanks for what you guys are doing. No, and I I get it. I mean, it is hard to make it here all the time and travel and everything else. Believe me, I travel quite a bit. But there's there's no way to really do a, I, I would say, do it justice. And... At, at some point, could we put some kind of video together about some of the highlights of that? Sure. And even on Ag PhD TV coming up, we'll talk about some of the highlights and maybe show you a few things, a few clips here and there. But 
it's a really big event and there is a lot to see. And also just one of the biggest things we always encourage people to do is even though like even for our ag phd workshops sure we live stream a lot of that kind of stuff you're never going to get as much out of it on a live stream or just watching or listening as opposed to if you're actually there because when you're there you get the chance to ask questions your mind is also a little more focused i've always found on whatever topic that is you're immersed more into that subject so yeah if you ever get the chance we'd love to have you uh, join us for the ag phd field day again we put it on each year the last thursday in july right this question comes in from phil he said i just received a statement from my fertilizer supplier and found out that a mistake was made with application i wanted to put in a half pound of boron, they put on five pounds of boron per acre. Well, now it's been twenty days. The corn looks good. Wait, I'm just curious: am I going to be fine? And is there any issue with feeding this to dairy cows? My CEC is anywhere between fifteen and twenty-five. My calcium is three thousand parts per million. My pH around six nine, and my boron levels were nine. Uh, 0.9 parts per million before the five-pound application. The key question here is, is it actually five pounds? Are we talking five pounds of actual boron, or are we talking five pounds of a boron product? Well, Can you decipher that? He said he wanted to have a half a pound of boron. It sounds to me like a half a pound of actual boron. Hmm. Let's just say that it is five that pounds of actual seems... boron. That's as high as we've heard anybody actually okay. want to oh, spread it. All right, now, now, but hold on a second. I don't think so. I think this is five pounds of a boron material, and I'll tell you why. Because it's easy to go from a half pound to five because somebody just missed the decimal point, all right? But if you're going to go, uh, I mean... If we're going to put a dry on, well, I suppose, yeah, I suppose that's maybe possible. But you're right. If it's, if it's a dry product, they were intending to put that's half a, a pound 15. out there that had 15% boron in it, no big deal at all. And even if you put five pounds of something that had 15% boron on, that's less than a pound that you're putting out actual. I wouldn't worry about that at all. Right. But my, my point is, did they really screw it up that much by, let's say it was a 15% dry boron product. I mean- Five pounds, that'd be 33 pounds of actual boron. Did they really, truly get that much on? I or, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, maybe it was let's, supposed okay. to be three All pounds right. and well, it ended up being 33. All right. Well, if it's, if it's uh, like Darren said, and it's five pounds of the boron product that's only 15%, so you're only talking about a tiny little bit of boron out there three quarters of a pound of actual boron. No big deal. We are not concerned at all. Now, let's talk about if it's five pounds of actual boron. Um, that's pushing it, I'll just say. Normally, our cutoff is this. at three. Okay, so what we would want you to do is take your calcium level divided by 1,000. So 3,000 divided by 1,000 equals 3. That's the level that we would want to see your soil test at. Okay, so three parts per million, and right now you're at 0.9. So the difference is 2.1 parts per million more. So 2.1 times 2 pounds, uh, and the reason, or times 2, I should say. The reason why I multiply times 2 is because to convert parts per million to pounds per acre, we're, we're going to double that. A 6-inch soil test, that weighs roughly 2 million pounds, 6 inches of soil across a whole acre. So to convert parts per million to pounds per acre in a 6-inch test, we multiply times 2. So 2.1 is what we need yet. 
again, my, here's my math. We're, I'm, I'm saying 3,000 parts per million of calcium. We divide that by 1,000. gives us three parts per million. That's, uh, that's kind of the max what we'd like to see for boron. You're at 0.9 now. So the difference between the two is 2.1. Multiply that times two, you could put on 4.2 pounds of actual boron. So you put on five, you didn't exceed it by a lot. It's pushing it, but you're probably going to be okay. And especially, I would say, you're probably going to be okay when you've put it on later in the season because now you got bigger crop, bigger roots, everything's bigger. Um, I don't think you'll have a lot of issue moving forward either because if you can get by in year one, typically everything's fine. We don't necessarily see any one crop more sensitive than the other. I'm sure there are some differences, but I think you're going to be okay. Your soil's heavy enough. You get enough calcium. All right. Thanks for the question. Uh, I'll open this one up here, and you can think about this over the break. This one comes in from Lane. He's down in northwest Missouri. And he said, guys, we've been raising really good soybeans, like 70 to 85 bushel. And that's awesome. We're not complaining about that. Just wondering, what do you think it would take to get up into that 90 or 100 bushel? I've heard that soybeans don't fix enough nitrogen. So here we are, reproductive stages of soybeans. Should we be putting on N? When would we be doing it? Our stats are this. We've got irrigation. We've got our pH in line. It's in the upper sixes. 4% base saturation K. And our cation exchange capacity is around 18. And we can use fertigation. We plan to apply fungicide and insecticide at R3. So that could be a foliar feeding operation or foliar feeding opportunity with our sprayer too. Lane, we'll get to your question coming up right after this. Stay tuned. When we told growers that New Bear Premium Trivolt herbicide for corn delivers visibly clean fields for up to eight weeks, they were a bit skeptical. Um, we'll see how it works. So we decided to prove it. We set up cameras in multiple cornfields, treated them with Trivolt, and filmed for 24 hours a day. For eight weeks, we saw a variety of weather conditions, and Trivolt worked. See for yourself at trivoltinaction.com. Trivolt is a restricted-use pesticide. Consult your state pesticide regulator for specific restrictions. Read and follow pesticide label directions. Your ripper is likely leaving 40% of the subsoil undisturbed. Hi, Greg Souter from 360 Yield Center. Dig behind your ripper and you'll see compacted mounds of soil left between the shanks. Traditional points just can't fracture the complete soil profile. 360 bullet ripper points are berm busters. The bullet's wide 14-inch wing shatters the full soil profile for better water infiltration and root access to nutrients. Get the full story at 360yieldcenter.com. You won't want to miss this year's Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we open up our farm to you so you can learn more ways to improve your farm. And the Ag PhD Field Day just keeps getting bigger and better. This year, we're featuring guided tours of our extensive research plots, world premieres of the latest ag technologies, numerous panels of the highest yielding farmers on the planet, and more equipment running in our demo area than we've ever had before. We'll also have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and food and drinks available all throughout the day. But the best part is everything is free. We know that you're busy and your time is valuable. That's why we do everything we can to make sure the Ag PhD Field Day is a very worthwhile investment of your time. So please go to agphd.com to learn more and be sure to register to join us at this year's Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 27th. 
This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow legal instructions. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Did you know 20% of stored corn is overventilated by three points of moisture? On 100,000 bushels, that's a whole semi-load. Stop this problem for as little as $2,100 per bin with the end zone for corn from FarmShop MFG. Learn more at FarmShopMFG.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today, and we're right in the middle of the Ag PhD mailbag. That means we're taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD and your emails, radio at agphd.com throughout the rest of the show. We got this one in from Lane down in northwest Missouri, and he wants to get 90 to 100 bushel beans, Brian. It's it's totally okay. possible. I'm sure he's seeing it in parts of the field. He just wants to get the whole field to be like that. Yeah, well, here's the thing. If he's got irrigation, what's limiting him? Nothing. You, you can go higher than that. I'm just saying, well, don't get me wrong. Yes, obviously there is something limiting you to get to 100, but that is well within your management ability to get there. So to, to do this based on just the little amount of information we've gotten so far, I don't have enough information. Okay, we can talk about your specific questions, but please send us your soil tests. And here's the other thing um, that we'll be able to probably figure out even with your soil tests. Is your ground well-drained or is it not? Drainage is more important for soybeans than it is for corn in our experience. So we really like drain tile. Anyway, the, the first question he had was about nitrogen. Should I add more nitrogen? If I'm already at 70 to 85 bushels, one of the things we're going to look for is what's your soil organic matter level? So this is one of the things he didn't give us that would show up on the soil test. We want a complete soil test. Um, the more organic matter you have, the more nitrogen is going to be released by that soil for free every year, which is great. And the less likely it is that adding more nitrogen will pay. Uh, in terms of the potassium, 4% base saturation K is good, but we often tell people that's the minimum. So would I want more? Yes, I absolutely would. Now, here's here's the great thing. He said he's got he can do fertigation. I'll be honest, every single time I'm putting water on that field, I'd be putting irrigation or I'd be putting fertility on with the irrigation every single time. Now, I'm not saying I'd put a lot on every time, but I put a little bit on, especially potassium, especially mid-season. 75% of all the K in that plant is going to get pulled up from R3 to R8. So it's basically once you see the first pod in the field, that's when the really big dose of potassium starts going into that plant. And that's the number one yield limiting factor we see across the United States and Canada for bean yield. It's lack of K when you need it. Now, I'm not saying lack of total K in the soil. I am saying lack of ability to get potassium into that plant because it takes a tremendous dose, way more than corn for a good yield of corn. 
on a per day basis, not in total for the whole year. I'm just talking about maybe a couple, three weeks right in the heart of that reproductive stage. Okay, so beyond that, it, it's it's everything. It's looking at all the micronutrients. It's balance of things like phosphorus to zinc and phosphorus to copper. It's making sure that we have our weeds and our insects and our diseases under control all season long. Uh, maybe even using some good seed treatment or and or foliar uh, biologicals, naturals, plant growth hormones. I mean, there are lots of things that can be done. But again, the thing I most encourage about, you got fertigation that ability. That's fantastic. So just make sure that every time you're you're putting water on that field, you got some nutrients going out there, especially the leachable ones. So putting phosphorus out every time, that's not going to help you a lot. Phosphorus, you need to get that in the ground. Okay, and make sure your phosphorus levels are really good. That's super important. So phosphorus, zinc, copper, those kind of nutrients, they do not leach. So I'm not interested in those through the pivot. What I am interested in is nitrogen, sulfur, boron, and even potassium. Potassium can move, doesn't move very fast, but that can go through irrigation. So I'd look at all those nutrients especially. Hey, thanks for the question and good luck to you guys. Hopefully you crush it on soybean yields this year. Uh, speaking of crushing, this one's not in a good way. This one comes from Monty over in Iowa. We experienced a hailstorm around July 4th and need some advice on what are the chances of still getting a soybean crop worth harvesting? Pretty good. The beans had the ground totally covered. Now you can see dirt through the rows. They were planted on May 8th in 15-inch rows. Hey, I like that 15-inch rows. That's going to help you out. Had a good stand, but look pretty sick right now. I've got federal crop insurance. My agent says at this point, well, let's wait till harvest and see what happens. I know it's too late to replant, but I'm curious what you guys think the outcome might be. Sometimes beans regrow and put on new leaves and pods, but what do you guys think? The first thing that usually happens with hail is you take a look at it and you go, oh no, this is disaster. It looks terrible. You feel bad. You feel sick to your stomach. It's hard. Our number one piece of advice always is try to take the emotion out of it. Usually, things still turn out pretty well. You have insurance also, worst case scenario. But whenever you have hail, so for any of our listeners, please look up just a very simple thing, Iowa State University hail charts, soybeans, or you could look up the corn ones too. So Iowa State for decades now has had a hail machine. So basically, it's an ice machine. They make ice, they shoot it at the crop at different stages, and then they take it to yield. They work in conjunction then with the insurance companies, and literally insurance companies, their people will walk out, and they've got the charts, just like you can look up the charts yourself. So here's just a, as a quick example. July 4th, soybeans, Iowa, we're going to assume they were about R2. That'd be full flower. Okay, at R2, if you lose 50% of the leaves, just as an example, all right, and I'm, I'm just looking right at the Iowa State chart here, you lose 50% of the leaves, you only lost 6% of your yield. No, I mean, yeah, it stinks, okay, but it's only 6%. It's not 60%. If you lose half the nodes, so in other words, literally your plant gets cut in half, you only lost 13% of your yield. That's it. So nothing to lose a ton of sleep over. And unfortunately, almost everybody in farming sooner or later is going to have hail. We have a little bit almost every single year in our farm. Yes, it's discouraging, but it's just one of the things that we and everybody else has to deal with. Now, the only other thing that I will say is if you had enough hail or the wrong, 
you had hail that damaged the stocks. This is what I'm trying to say. Then it could be worse than this. Okay. So if you've got stock damage, a lot of times the insurance company is just going to say, let's take it to yield and we'll see. But yeah, at this point, I'm, I'm not super discouraged. And we don't know what percent you lost either. Um, you didn't give us the defoliation percentage or the nodes lost percentage or anything like that. So I, I would, I'm just throwing out the examples because to me, 50%, <laughs> whenever, whenever we've had uh, soybeans or corn stripped up 50%, you go, oh no, it's going to be terrible. And then it turns out better than you think. So that's why I just say, take the emotion out, look at the charts and go from there. All right, had this one come in from Trey, and he said, guys, how much elemental sulfur do you need to put on to lower soil pH, assuming you have good drainage? Several university sites I've visited suggest 500 to 1,600 pounds per acre, depending on how much pH is to be lowered. Also, how effective would ammonium sulfate or ammonium thiosulfate be at reducing percentage magnesium in the soil? Okay, so we got a couple different questions here. First of all, with elemental sulfur, nobody's charts right. We've been able to prove that over the years. Elemental sulfur absolutely can lower pH. However, you have to have great drainage first. If you do not have great drainage first, you are not going to lower the pH because what will happen is instead of this elemental sulfur, when it breaks down, it becoming hydrogen sulfate, it'll become hydrogen sulfide and your, your soil will smell like rotten eggs. So if you don't have good drainage, forget about elemental sulfur. Next thing, with your and how much does it take? It really varies depending on your cation exchange capacity. So the heavier your ground, the more you need. On our farm, we've used 1,000 pounds per acre in two different situations. And in both cases, and this ground was, uh, we had some about 35 cation exchange capacity and some around 20 cation exchange capacity. In both cases, it lowered the pH way more than we wanted. Uh, we literally took pH from 8 down to 5 uh, so and kept it there because we fixed the drainage and all the other things that caused the pH to go high. Um, so anyway, wh wh where I'm going with this is you're probably going to have to experiment to figure it out yourself. Make sure your drainage is good and just try some different rates and go from there. Okay, magnesium, Neil Kinsey will tell you it'll take two pounds of sulfur to remove one pound of magnesium. So if you get ammonium sulfate or ammonium thiosulfate out there, that's, I mean, any type of sulfur that you get out there, I don't care, but you need two pounds of sulfur to remove one pound of magnesium. If you're in excess by about 1,000 or 2,000 or 3,000 pounds of magnesium, you can't afford to strip all that out with the sulfur you would have to buy. Thanks for the question. And... Thanks for listening to today's program about the Ag PhD Field Day. Again, Field Day is coming up Thursday, July 27th, and there's still time to pre-register at agphd.com and find all the details there. Thanks for listening to today's program. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.